Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, we are live here from the Low T Center studio. October the 7th, five minutes past the top of the hour. It is Thursday of game week. It is raining outside, but it won't be raining on Saturday when the Gamecocks come to town. And Tennessee will be rocking a new, new look in this matchup. Ben, rocking a new look today. That's a new T-shirt right there, man. New-ish. Well, new to me. He got uh, buried in the, the thick of moving, and I found it. It's like uh, finding a, a pot of gold. <laughs> you haven't watched The Office, so you wouldn't understand the reference. I've watched The Office uh, a little know. bit, but not, yeah, not, not enough to know every single thing, every single line that was mentioned on the program. Well, this is the paper company that they worked for, Dunder Mifflin. Wow, well, yeah. So, you, even watching a couple episodes, you could pick up on on that. And Swain, you're wrong. It, it will be raining on Saturday. It'll be raining it. bombs from Hinton Hooker to Javante Payton. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. It'll be a little bit harder for sure this game than it was last game. But um, I see what you did there. I see what be, you did. Be raining points. I hope so. Sorry, Gamecock defense. I hope so. One thing they do a really good job of is, is nothing. Is picking the ball off there, number one in the SEC, nine interceptions. So women's basketball, that's what they do well. Their their corners are all above six foot. Baseball, that's what they do well. But they're all bums. Oh. On the football Six field. foot one corners and above. South Carolina's probably put more corners in the NFL other than Alabama and and, and, and LSU in uh, the SEC in the last 10, 15 years, man. They've, they've done a really good job. So expect improved play. They may have good size, but they're still sorry. <laughs> don't, let, don't let Ben set y'all up. Uroch is how tall? <laughs> Seven foot. Seven foot. Uros ain't playing. I'll start it either. It's the reason why. Tennessee has the better corners in this game. We'll see, man. Certainly certainly hope so. Um, now, so if it's about playing the best. So, I, I hope we play the best. I know those guys at South Carolina, that defense don't have nine interceptions by accident. So, um, Hooker, continue to take care of the football. Should be okay, Ben. Yeah, we, we will... We will see. I will say, Karan Prunty, remember him? Oh, yeah. The Kansas transfer left left South Carolina in a bad spot when he mm-hmm. had to transfer back home because he was on the verge of becoming a father. I believe that was what took place, if I remember correctly. He was a guy that balled out during fall camp and just an unfortunate break there for, for Shane Beamer. Tennessee wanted Karan Prunty. Sure did. From... From Kansas, sure did. But we'll see. I I think Tennessee should be able to win that matchup. But we'll see. Prunty must have had that um the, the nine months CD, the R and B mix. Get you every time, man. You gotta stay away from that mix. Can't be, can't be playing that CD. Can't be playing that playlist. JD Vols, you shut up. <laughs> you shut up. There you go, Ben. There you go. When you can show your work, you can tell me to shut up. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Ben. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ben. That's what I'm talking about. Orange Arch, you like my shirt? You like that? You like that? I got it from an alumni hall. I got it from an alumni hall. You wanna know us what else I got from an alumni hall? A black jersey. You like that? Here it is right here. You like that, Ben? You like that? You like that? Look at that. You like that? Mm, boy. Woo! Alumni Hall was like, oh my gosh, it's him again. <laughs> this guy. Oh, stop tweeting us. Again, he's here again. I'll be back there t- today too. But For what? Dark mode t-shirts. Dark mode t-shirt dropped today. The jerseys have been there. But I went by, picked up the black Nike Tennessee jersey yesterday. You see it? Ooh, it's clean. It's clean. It's clean. It ain't for me, though. You know that, right? You see that size right there, right? Mm. It says medium. Well, I, I knew it wasn't yours when I heard you tell your daughter, hey, go get your jersey. Yeah, I want I wanted to show it off, man. It's clean. Nice. Uh, of course, I'm gonna show it off. A nice Trayvon Flowers jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was thinking Michael Pilardi. Well, Michael Pilardi never wore a, a black Tennessee jersey that looked like that, so it couldn't be a Michael Pilardi jersey. <sighs> it, it would have to be Valus Jones or Trayvon Flowers, right? I'm going. With, I'm going with Valus Jones. He's balling right now, and he's more likely to play. He's he's balling right now. So uh, the reaction from the team is really all you need. That's all you need. If you if you are following Tennessee's um, Twitter account, that is all you need. The reaction when Chris Walker uh, surprised the boys in the uniform, looking like he still can play. When he surprised the team in the uniform, their reaction is all you need. You can give your opinion. You can give your opinion. No one's stopping you from giving your opinion. It's a free country. You can give your opinion. I can give my opinion. Ben, you can give your opinion. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't hold any water. Doesn't mean you're right either. No, it doesn't mean right. But it doesn't hold any water. It don't matter what we think. The reaction from that team is all that I need. That All that matters to me. So now, Ben, let me ask you this. Mr. Ben. Mr. Swain. What is your confidence level up against the Gamecocks this weekend on a scale from 1 to 10? What is, where is your confidence, my good friend Ben McKee, on a scale from 1 to 10? What's your confidence level? You can give us an answer on the text box if you're listening and want to chime in. Please do so. We encourage that. On a scale from 1 to 10, where's your confidence level? Did it change yesterday with the release of the black jerseys? Um, did it not change? Did it Was it the same? Let us know. Give us your opinion. But, Ben, it is Thursday. Tennessee is favorite, 10, 10 and a half points for a reason. What's your confidence level? Where is it at 0 to 10? Where are you sitting, Ben? Uh, it, it hadn't changed for me. 
I still think Tennessee should win this football game. My confidence level, I'd say, is about a eight-ish. Ooh, eight-ish. Eight, seven, eight. I, I mean, I just don't think South Carolina. You get on honor roll with eight. Is is a very good football team. I mean, I don't either. I think uh, plays are an opportunity to make plays is going to present itself both in the running game and the passing game. They have one productive defensive back, and that is Jalen Foster, a former walk-on who starts at safety. He has four of the DB's six interceptions. Two of the interceptions come from Damani Staley, starting linebacker. Another interception came from Jordan Birch, the edge rusher that we talked about yesterday that picked South Carolina over Clemson. So I I think there are going to be plays to be made in the passing game. I think there are going to be plays to be made in in the running game. And I I think Tennessee's defense is going to turn in the best performance of the season. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. Excuse me. South Carolina's offense is not very good. What did you say? I think Tennessee's defense is going to turn in its best performance of the season. Ooh, I like that, Ben. Write this down. South Carolina's offense struggles to finish drives or score touchdowns, period. Against Troy last weekend, they finished seven of eight drives in Troy territory, but only walked away with one touchdown. Seven of eight drives finished in Troy territory, one touchdown. That's pretty pitiful. And South Carolina hasn't scored more than one offensive touchdown against an FBS team this season. Uh, They struggle on third down. 99th in the country on third down. 35.3% they are converting on third down and converted just 4 of 13 against Troy. They haven't been able to run the football. Russian offense ranks 103rd in the country at just 121.2 yards per game. Uh, and they have also been dealing with offensive line issues all season long. They've allowed 12 sacks, which is tied for 86th worst in the country. That is 2.4 sacks per game. Let's go. And it kind of all centers around that left guard position. Sidarius so Hutcherson is now with the Tampa Bay Bucks. He was a real good offensive lineman for South Carolina last season, and they've struggled to replace him this year have had guys in and out of the lineup they have some other veterans across that line that haven't necessarily played great football so I I think it's an offense that's just flat out struggling right now as as all the stats indicate Uh, but also it definitely passes the eye test that they are struggling mightily and I didn't even talk about the quarterback position and Luke Doughty is is very athletic but right now he's unable to do what he does best and what he does best is show off that athleticism, and he's unable to do that right now because of a foot injury that he suffered during fall camp. We talked about it here on the show. He had a teammate step on his foot accidentally and cost him the first two games of the season, and he's still trying to, to get back to to full health. So, uh, And on top of dealing with injury, he's young. This will be just his fifth start at, at quarterback. It's not like he has great weapons at receiver. I like their tight end, Nick Muse. He'll be an NFL guy. But no weapons at receiver. Offensive line, struggling. I think Tennessee turns in its best performance because it's not like Tennessee's defense is going to have the 
the better performance or, or win the matchup by default. Like Tennessee's playing good defense right now. Would it translate against Alabama or Georgia? I don't know. I'd, I'd say probably not. But they should be able to take advantage uh, against a, a bad offense because they are playing with a lot of confidence. I, I love the way that they all swarm to the football. Josh Heupel talked about why they're so good against the run or why they have been good against the run last night on vault calls, and I loved his answer. I thought, I thought it was very insightful saying that uh, the guys up front do a great job of playing with good gap integrity. And the guys in, in the second and third level, uh, they, they, they are then allowed to, to come in and, and do what they need to do because the defensive line is essentially taking up blocks, opening mm-hmm. up lanes mm-hmm. for the second level. And then the third level can come in and make plays as, as well. So I just think that this defense is, is clicking on, on all cylinders, playing with a lot of confidence. I, I think they've got a lot of swagger to them. Tim Banks is, is doing a great job along with all the assistant coaches on that side of the ball. So my, my confidence level is pretty high for this football game. I, I don't think it's a guaranteed W by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, I think Tennessee definitely wins this football game. I have a lot of confidence. I don't remember the last time I was this confident going into a football game against a, a Power 5 school. Man, it's good to hear you this confident. Um, sounds like you're more confident in this game than you are going into the Mizzou game. Um, and when Tennessee does what they do against Mizzou, you will understand, you know, opinions change when information is, is different, right? And the information has been different because Tennessee, um, it just all clicked for Tennessee in multiple phases of the football game against Mizzou. South Carolina um, uh, should be a little bit better as far as their performance. Uh, I would anticipate being a lot better. Um, but you can't argue with those numbers right there. You can't argue with that homework right there, J.D. Vols. Y'all see that? Yes, and J.D. Vols makes a, a, another good point. And J.D. Vols, I was just messing with you when I told you to shut up. So No, you wasn't. Yes, I was. You was, you I'm was not, dead I'm serious. Not like that. It's Thursday. It's game week. You are mean. You've been grumpy ever since the Yankees been teetering on the brink of elimination. And yesterday it happened, and you was all grumpy and sad yesterday. This is just the carryover from yesterday. Between the Yankees and the Steelers, I'd like to fight some people. But, uh, <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about, man. You ain't joking. <laughs> uh, J.D. Valls did make a, another really good point when he said that Carolina almost always plays as tough. A lot of times it's within one score, should win, but probably uh, a six for him in terms of, of confidence. And this game is always close. It seems like it always comes down to the final possession. Yep, yep. It was close last year and never should have been. Um I mean, the games that I played against them were closer than it should have been. So, yeah, I mean, this this these games, well, sophomore year went close, but like these games have been have been close. And South Carolina is sitting at ninety nine wins in the conference since All they time? Jo- since they joined the SEC. That's it. Yeah. So this win. What year did they join? This. You know. I'll look it up for you. I have it, I have it right here. That seems. Let me go to the page. That seems. This is on. This very is on, few. This is some South Carolina's game notes, uh, but I'm pretty sure this is something that they are mentioning. That guy. 1991. There it is. I think uh, 99 wins over 30 seasons is a good clip. Oh no, it's trash. Yeah, and take in mind those are SEC wins, not. 
Well, this is this is why I've always maintained the idea that Steve Spurrier was the was the ceiling for those guys. That's an average of three point one nine. So if we round up like we like to do here on the show, I mean, we just like to uh, use proper math. That's all. Except except when it's in in South Carolina's favor, then we don't round up. So three point one wins on average. Yeah, let's let's round down three wins on average. I mean, we can't. We don't have much. Wins on average. We ain't got much room to be talking right now. So that's that's not a lot. No, I mean, and what's crazy is like Steve Spurrier picked up a lot of SEC wins during his time. So they stunk. Where were they, dude? Before Lou Holtz, they stunk. Like Vandy stink. Yes, yes, they were butt booty terrible. Before Lou Holtz got there. Are and you so Vandy's going to find its Lou Holtz and Steve Spurrier one day? No. No, they already did that. That was James Franklin. And they still struggled to get to a bowl game. Well, it's amazing what you can do with scheduling. Schedule easy opponents, and you win, you know, here and there against a, a Tennessee. Or I, think they be, I think they beat Georgia one year, I think, or Kentucky one year. But, you, you know, you, you sneak up on one of those teams – with an easy schedule, voila, Georgia seven. one year. Yeah, I mean, I voila, you seven year. wins. So scheduling is very, very important in selling um, your program and the marketing side of it. And so I thought Franklin did a good job there. But point is, South Carolina, Steve Spurrier was was the peak, and Savelle Newton said it on the program, like still riding those Spurrier days. <laughs> they really are. The fans are still expecting. That and until Jadavion Clowney walked through those doors, um, Sidney Rice walks through those doors, and one of my favorite players in SEC history is Connor Shaw. I mean, who would you say? Connor Shaw. Why didn't I just hear DJ Shockley? Because because we talk about South Carolina, so Connor Shaw was was one of their. Um, Underrated players at, at the quarterback position, like they they're not getting those guys right now. So this is this is just where they are, and Tennessee just needs to make sure that they that they handle business early, which is something I expect them to do. You know, I, I was talking to someone on Twitter yesterday that said, you know, these uniforms could, you know, add some juice. Add some juice. Give this, the team some juice in the morning uh, or a noon game. And my response was, they don't really need any juice. This team has been on fire all season long in the first quarter. They're used to getting up and playing football. They do it every single day in practice. They're outscoring opponents um, in the first quarter. I, don't, I had the numbers written down somewhere, but I don't know where they are. Um, but – we're outscoring opponents like crazy in the first quarter. Now, in the second quarter, you know, we play a little bit different in the second quarter. But we are ready to go. We have been all season long. All season long. So, anyways. So, what's your confidence level? No, it's a seven. Seven? Yeah, it's a seven. It's a seven. So, it was a seven um, before the jersey reveal. It might be like a 7.5 after the jersey reveal because, you know, those guys will be pumped up. They'll be feeling good. 
Uh, it always happens that way. Even even when we uh, brought out smoky gray uniforms with Adidas and um, wound up didn't you know wound up not winning. I think that was against Georgia. We still had that juice and was really playing out of our minds, playing against a team that we had no business being on the same field as. So we'll have the juice, and um, I'm at a 7, 7.5. So the jerseys. If you missed the tweet from yesterday, um, a lot of people are, are, are wondering, where's the black helmets? It would look better with a black helmet. Did they not know that? Everyone knows that. Um, and Tennessee knows that. And so what Tennessee was able to do is freaking awesome. Those helmets look clean, man. Awesome. And I'll, I'll share. I did tweet about you know, kind of the process and what led us to having the white helmets, but with the modifications and not having a black helmet. But I'll really go in detail of, of kind of what happened and why we are sitting with the jerseys and the helmets we currently have rather than the black jer- black helmets that could have been matte black or uh, a gloss black helmet with an orange power tee. Uh, I'll explain a little bit in detail when we come back from our first break of the day, Swain event, Fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Stay with us. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event family. Several of you, like Ben McKee, have reached out to me for real estate assistance this year, and I want to say thank you. I appreciate your trust in me to ask questions and help you navigate the real estate world. That's right, Jennifer. Buying a home is a scary process, especially for a first-time home buyer. Jennifer recently helped my wife and I buy our first home and made the entire process seamless. Her willingness to go above and beyond is what sets her apart. As always, feel free to give me a call. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. 
And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I got the the fast start numbers written down somewhere. Yeah, right in front of me. Tennessee has outscored opponents 73-13 to in the first quarter of the season. The only team to score a touchdown on the Vols in the first quarter in five games this season was Florida. Mizzou hit a field goal last week. Woohoo! Good job, Mizzou, in the first quarter. But Tennessee will be ready the first quarter. You add that with the energy that should be in the stadium, the black jerseys. Um, Al Wilson will be honored on Saturday. Hall of Famer Al Wilson. There's going to be a ton of players back to be there with Al. Oh, it's it's going to be happening. It's going to be happening. This might be the most exciting noon game of all time that, that we've seen around here in a very, very, very long time. Probably since the 2014 Tennessee-Florida game where you, you really felt good about ending the streak that year. That was the 10-9 game with Muschamp yelling at the, the fans afterwards. Uh, but you also checkered Nealon. Was that the first checkered Nealon? I, I think it was. Sure. I don't know. I think it was the, the first checker kneeling, that 2014 Florida game. So that that was going on. You felt like you could finally beat Florida. I tell you that this is the most exciting noon game since then. Oh, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to go. I'm getting up super, super early because me and the oldest daughter, we are hitting some tailgates before – the show Big Orange Countdown there, Vol Network, Gate 21. Come on out 
and I will be on the stage there. Looking forward to that, but uh, I'm hitting some tailgates up before. That'll be fun. And after the game. I'm it's excited. going down. I'm excited to see Al Wilson celebrated. I thought it was cool that last night on, on Volkos, Josh Heupel talked about Al Wilson and said that this weekend is obviously supposed to be about Al Wilson, but in Al Wilson fashion, he is trying to make this, this weekend about his teammates. In typical Al Wilson fashion, because Al Wilson doesn't want anything to be about him. And Heupel was also talking about back in the spring game or back in the spring for the spring game weekend. Al Wilson had a, a lot of guys come to town just to, to hang out. And he had offensive players that he played with, defensive players that he played with, walk-ons in attendance. And just the the, the close knit that that group has, or how close knit that that group is, just stood out to to Josh Heupel and how Al Wilson just just treats everybody the same: offensive player, defensive player, walk on, star player. I mean, Al Wilson is the epitome of what of what every leader should be, and and of course, Al Wilson this weekend with a bunch of teammates coming to town is is trying to make this this weekend about his teammates and, and not about him. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite of all, man. My favorite former uh, player here in Tennessee is Al Wilson. Uh, let's get to the phones and let's get to Coy and Macon, and I'll um, I have to share the story with you guys about how we came with the white helmet. So uh, let's do that, but let's get to some caller pace in here. Let's get to Coy and Macon. Coy, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing today? Man, wonderful. How are you? Doing good, man. Still, still raining down here in Macon, but uh, doing good, man. Um, excited about the uh, the black uniforms. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't really know what to expect, but man, they look good. That orange just pops on that black. Um, you know, I thought the the black helmets would have been cool, but I think the whites are, you know, the, the modifications they did to them are just. You know, they they look really good, too. So um, my question for you this morning, Swain, was I, I am a little disappointed that they're not wearing them in the night game against mm-hmm. Old Miss. Mm-hmm. But um was just kind of curious, like, how do, who decides that? Did the players have any input into that? Or, um, you know, did they just kind of tell them with a special uniform like this, hey, we're going to wear them, you know, this week? Well, by the reaction of the players, man, it looked like they didn't have input on the exact – time they were wearing it. I know they probably shared with Coach Heupel and others that they wanted to wear them this year, but the selection of the game, I don't think that was in their hand. It wasn't. Uh, um, as far as wearing the uniforms next weekend, I mean, let's, 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 let's break this down. So Tennessee has done several gimmicks uh, over the last six or seven years, including, including checker kneeling, if you want to look at that. Um, different jerseys, and in some of those games, maybe most of those games, especially Checker Nealon, you have lost. Here's an opportunity to do something special in a game that you're favored by by ten and a half points. It's just – I think you just have to make some baby steps before we try to run here and start doing all these special things versus teams that you're not even fa- going to be favored against. I remember when Georgia – Came out in all black one year against Alabama and didn't even it didn't look like they showed up 
And so you just don't want to put all this pressure on yourself against a team that that's better than you. And I think Ole Miss is better than Tennessee right now, and um, Tennessee's not going to be favoring that game. So I just think this year, this football team, this situation, wear them against against South Carolina. Um, I next next week you play Lane. The last thing you want to do is give Lane any more ammunition, um, you know, anything to 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 help boost his ego or use it to motivate his football team. And I understand, you know, it's about Tennessee. You can't worry about Lane. Uh, but at the same time, you have a new coach. You have a new AD. Let's let the first alternate jersey come with a, a W. It's a little bit easier to get than against Ole Miss. So I like bringing out the black jerseys against Ole Miss, excuse me, versus South Carolina rather than Ole Miss. Tennessee is a, a team that plays well at noon, so it works. It really doesn't matter what time the game is because Tennessee has has shown that they're not going to drop off or sleepwalk just because it's a noon game. They've actually played better at, at noon. So uh, I feel what you're saying, man. You get that night crowd going. It's rocking. You drop the alternate uniform. It's just a little bit different. But I do like for this particular case – being worn in uh, noon versus South Carolina. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I, yeah, I saw a good a good point on Twitter. Somebody made that. Yeah, we have a lot uh, higher chance of having a lot of highlights against South Carolina, so we'd be able to show them off. Mm. Uh, you know, in the highlights and things like that. And it's not to me. It's not about Ole Miss. It's just about how good it would look at night, man. And you know that we we have. I don't feel like we've had a real good chance to see the the orange lights that they put inside of Neyland. And yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just think that would look cool. And it maybe possibly even do like a blackout. I don't know if that's something I know that people get in and up for about the black um, as it is. So I don't know how they feel about all the fans in black, but I just think that would be a cool look. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe Tennessee will keep climbing, man. And we can, we can, you know, do that sometime in the future. Thank you, Corey. Here's, here's, here's my only reservation about wearing the jersey this weekend. It's going to be hot. No, nah, I ain't worried about that. This Nike jersey, they they breathe, they breathe. This ain't this ain't like a champion t-shirt or one of them fruit of a fruit of a loom t-shirts you get at Walmart or something. You know, these things breathe, they super light. I ain't worried about that. Here's my only reservation. It's a big one too. It's 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 why I put it's why I put I was stayed on for what earlier this season. You know, you know the colors of Iowa State just off the top of your head. Just off the top of your head, like that ugly red and yellow. Correct. You know they played Iowa at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. It was Iowa's colors, black and gold, yellow. You know Iowa State wore some awesome uniforms, and um, Iowa State actually looked like Iowa. They were like this. Dark grayish color. I mean, they, the uniforms are nice, but when you're playing a team that has black in it, and you don't have black really at all in your uniform, and you go alternate to throw black into it, it just looks a little funny. It just looks a little funny, and it did Iowa, Iowa State uh, this year. Did That's, I? Have- did Iowa State in its alternate have its school colors in it? 
I'm pulling up pictures here. Ba- barely been. Because at least with Tennessee's black uniforms, like there's a lot of orange in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is. But that's that's my only reservation. Because it's like, yeah, South Carolina, they are they are technically like garnet and black. Vanderbilt is like black and gold. So like, if you did a throwback or excuse me, alternate against those squads, and you use black, it's kind of weird. That's all I would say. Other than that, hey man, I I'm for it. The players are for it. Uh, right quick. So the helmet situation. So these jerseys were ordered for last year. So these jerseys were supposed to be worn last year. Remember, Pruitt and Company wanted to wear black jerseys in the Kentucky game, raise money, and give money to um, organizations around East Tennessee. Remember the social, the social justice uh, initiative. T. Martin's on the show. We talked about it. They were going to wear black jerseys, raise money, and donate the money. Well, they never wore the black jerseys. Nike was behind in getting these to Knoxville. COVID has put a monkey rich in everything, right? And so these are technically the, the, the uniforms that were supposed, supposed to be worn last year. Uh, because of the supply chain issues, the helmets were not going to get here. So when Tennessee wanted to go out and order some black helmets, whether it was matte, whether it was shiny, or, hey, whether it was chrome, I don't know. But they tried to go out and order some helmets, and they wouldn't have been here. So Tennessee had to get creative. And that's what Tennessee did. They went out and they ordered the black face mask. They ordered the black face mask. Um, and then they went out with the direction of Frage and Hawk and those guys, Max. They put the black outline around the orange on the helmet to make it pop. So they take they took a situation that was totally out of their control. And, man, they made it better. Like, they made it work. Like, you couldn't get the helmets in. So you improvised. Got the black, black face mask, put the black outline on the helmet, and it works. It's the best thing that you could have done with that white helmet. It's the best thing. I was, I was very interested as to what the uniforms would look like with the white helmet, the the traditional Tennessee helmet. I, I didn't know that it would look that great, quite frankly, because I, I never thought that the white helmets with the smoky grays looked that great together. No. Not not that the jersey's bad or the, the helmet's bad. It's just they don't match, and the, it makes it look weird. So I, I was hesitant as to how the, the jersey would look with the white helmet. But those, those tweaks and, and details that were added to the helmet knocked it out of the park, in, in my opinion. I, I think the helmet looks terrific. Uh, e- even for a white helmet, I think it goes great with the uniform. I, I think it looks great. Yeah, it, it works. It works. I was skeptical as to how a white helmet would look, but I think Tennessee knocked it out of the park, and 
those involved who helped make the, the helmet adjustments happen deserve a lot of credit. Tennessee threw up a, quote, Hail Mary <laughs> to even get the black face mask in. Wow. Threw up a Hail Mary just to get the black face mask in. So, man, just kudos. Kudos to uh, the equipment team, everyone involved. Because people see the release and they don't – they think like Tennessee just like chose to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then they want to get their – they want to get the comments off and the hot takes. But I hope the explanation will make you realize like, yo, these – Guys actually did more with less. Some things are just out of your control. And I think the the whole supply chain issues, I think that's a pretty valid reason. Because, like, everyone is struggling from it. I was at a, a restaurant with my kids a couple weeks ago. And most restaurants, you know, they, they, they give you crayons and a kid's menu, right? So the kids can, can color. Man, this restaurant didn't even have crayons. Why? Supply chain issues. It's like, wow. Like, this thing has affected every corner of, of life. Look, so, good job, I, Tennessee. And look, this, this chicken shortage, we, we got to fix it. Because I'm tired of going to a particular <laughs> sandwich spot and me pulling up. To get a chicken sandwich, a classic chicken sandwich, and them telling me, we're out. How could you be out of the one thing people come to your place to eat? It's out of their control, man. When Austin and I were in Orlando, we went to a a restaurant. And when we were walking in and they were seating us for lunch, the, the hostess started spouting off, we're out of. We're out of, like, I can't, it was like, she listed off, like, five things of chicken that they, that they couldn't make. And, look, I'm here for the clucks and fries. Can, can you give me the clucks and fries? She's like, yeah, we got that. But there are, like, five other chicken things. I was like, come on, people. Can, can we stop with the chicken shortage? Hey, man. It's affected, we need our chicken. It's affected everybody. So, that's, that's, that's what happened. And um, players are excited. Good job by administrators and equipment managers and, Support staff, whoever was involved in making it happen. A lot of work. Student managers. There's a lot of a lot of student managers had to put in a lot of time this week to put the outline around the helmet. Yeah, just builds character. Let me just let me just say this one quick thing. The student managers get so much credit because the way the helmets look. So they take our helmets on Thursday. They used to take our helmets on a Thursday. Huge rack just for helmets. They would take our helmets on a Thursday. And from Thursday and Friday all the way up to the game, student managers would shine, clean, buff all the helmets to make sure that they were perfect. 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 If it's not perfect, it ain't good enough. The managers get so much credit in pulling this off. It took a lot of time put in by a lot of people to make this moment special for the players. So give them credit. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got T. Gamble, and then we've got Courts involved. T. Gamble, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Wonderful, man. How are you? Good. Fantastic. 
pretty fired up for these uniforms. He didn't think they're dirty. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but uh, I heard Coy and they, he called in talking about um, you know how how we didn't wear them against the old Michigan. I kind of got a conspiracy, Jay, and I'm a sucker for a good conspiracy. Whether I believe <laughs> it or not, it's one thing. But I love a good one, man. Um, I almost wonder if Danny is trying to uh, get this fan base fired up and. You know, hopefully we can blow out South Carolina to kind of get that hype train rolling to sell out Neyland for the 7:30 night game against Ole Miss. Cool. You know, and I think if you do that, you maybe draw in a SEC Nation or something like that and get a little bit more spark to the atmosphere. And man, in one season, if I'm not going to say they're going to upset Ole Miss, I'm not, I don't even want to talk about that game really too much. But even if they play it close or they upset them, man, you kind of recaptivate a fan base after a three seven season after six games. So you know, it just in my mind, I think that's what Danny's up to. But you know, I saw those uniforms come out yesterday, man, and that's uh, and things are sharp for sure. So, so walk me through that conspiracy again. I think that Danny is wanting to roll out these black jerseys for a noon game against South Carolina. That on paper, you're favored. It looks like we're going to win, especially after we just blew Missouri out by forty something. I think if we go out and blow out South Carolina and the black jerseys. It'll be buzzing in Knoxville, right? Everyone's excited. Look what we just did. Look what we wore. You know, old Miss is coming to town. Lane Kiffin, everybody knows that story. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and uh, I think it's easier to sell out that game against old Miss. You dang and right. That's probably, what Danny White wants to do. He wants to. And it's. <laughs> dang right. Be, uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, and uh, a lot easier to sell that game out then, ain't it, Jason? Dang yeah, and right. I ain't mad at him. Yeah, he, I ain't mad at him. I do the same thing. Yeah, dang right. That's what he wants to do, man. That's that's his job is to market his program uh, in every way uh, possible, and if that means throwing out some black jerseys with 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 um, the the helmets. And look at Twitter yesterday. There was a lot of attention on Tennessee football yesterday. Not just Tennessee fans, but you had different uh, accounts, you know, talking about the the stadium, not the stadium, but the jersey. Alternate uniforms. So, yeah, you want attention on your program, and then you beat South Carolina, and then you have a 4-2 a and two football team going up against Ole Miss next weekend. It's a night game. Heck, yeah, you want more attention on your football program. So, I 100% buy into that conspiracy theory, if that's what you want to call um, it. I, I will say one more thing, and I'm going to get out of here. Um, last couple of years, and he felt this way, man, but – it feels really good going into a Saturday morning knowing that we got a QB one that we can count on. I'll leave it at that, boys. Have a have a great Thursday and see you later. Thank you, man. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for the phone call. Really, really appreciate it. Let's keep it going. Let's get to uh Corrington Vall. Vall, good morning. Good morning, good morning, my friend. Good morning. I appreciate that T shirt, man. I'm a, a big office fan myself. Office is one of my favorite shows. Um, I hesitated because I was trying to think of where I would rank it off the top of my head. I'd probably go second or third all-time favorite show. Right there with you. Uh, to all of the message board bums, I need to borrow the soapbox for a moment. Message board bums. It ain't about you guys. They, they don't care. They, the, these players do not care what you think. They do not that, oh, we're just, we're bunking tradition. No, I love what Coach Apple said. 
you have to honor tradition while giving it a new age twist. Mm. Hypo gets it, man. Hypo gets it. These players, I'm not even. I'm not going to sit here and act for one second. This is how much I love this team and this university. I watched that release, that video on Twitter, and their excitement got me almost a little bit emotional because I remember in high school, we we had, I don't even remember what brand that was that we were wearing when I first started playing in high school, and then we switched to Under Armour, and they brought in our new, new uniforms, and we weren't good. We were not that good at first, but... It made us play with so much dip and juice. We were jacked up because we looked good and we felt good. It made us play even better. We were even more focused. So all the ones that are complaining and groaning, oh, well, nobody wants to see that. Well, don't watch the game, man. If it matters, if you're worried that much about what 18 to 22-year-olds are wearing, you got bigger issues. It's a football game. Let the boys play well and feel good about what they're wearing. There's nothing wrong with that. That gets on my absolute last nerves. I've never understood the complaining and the groaning. Like, you're not the one that has to wear it. Yeah, you, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, your donation may have paid for that, sure. But guess what? You're not the only one. And there are plenty out there that really, really like it. Me, me for one, I would die. There There would be nothing that would make me happier than to don that uniform Saturday, I would be jacked up out of my mind to play in that uniform. And I really, really, really appreciate how much that Danny White and, and Coach Hoppel and a lot of these guys, I appreciate all this work they're putting in. I'm getting that loving feeling again. You know what I mean? I'm starting, like, I, I, I'm, I've, I've still got my cuff on. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get <laughs> too on. jacked up. Keep it on. I'm going to keep that cuff on for a little while. But it, I'm starting to get a little hope. I'm starting to get happy. I'm actually proud. I've been, I've been wearing Tennessee stuff all week long. I can't tell you how many years it's been since I've worn Tennessee T-shirt every day of the week except for Friday. That's it. That's all I've been wearing, man. I'm so proud of them. But New shirt, right? I hope, I hope we go out there. Do what? New shirt each day, right? Oh, absolutely. I've, okay. I've got sure. half of my closet. Clean. I've got Tennessee stuff. We, we just want to make sure you're, you're being clean. Are you practicing good shower discipline like Dooley would, would like? I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We miss them with you, man. I love it. I love it, Court Duvall. I love it, man. And you. You're right, man. It's 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 not about some of the um, fans. And I was thinking about this yesterday. We must have a lot of folks who are like single children. That was the only child. Because I would understand if it was like a situation where it was always about you. Because you're the only kid. But if you lived in a house with others growing up, you should know that everything doesn't revolve around you. There's times when it's about your sister. Your sister has cheerleading. It's a competition. You don't want to go, but you're going anyways because it ain't about you. Your sister is coming to support you at your baseball tournament. She probably don't want to go. But guess what? It ain't about her. There's sometimes when it ain't about you. 
It ain't about us. You think I like going to the mall and going to the Build-A-Bear store in the mall? Yes, I do think you love that. Hell no. There's things that I just don't want to do. Man, if you got a lady, I know you can identify with this. When you go to the store and she wants to take you to that other part of the store, the other part of the mall, because she wants to pick out some stuff for her. And guess what you do? Find the nearest chair and go check out the scores on your phone. But you sit there and you keep your mouth closed and you shut up, you don't complain. Why? Because you know it ain't about you at that moment. Sometimes it ain't about you. It ain't about us. When I was watching that video yesterday, when the, when the players saw the uniforms for the first time, it reminded me of when my kids open up their Christmas gifts. The, the look on their faces. I don't need anything for Christmas. All the hustle and bustle, Black Friday, all the stress of seeing it. You know, if you're going to be able to get a, a toy or a present in time, the late night wrappings, all of it's worth it for those 10 to 15 minutes of when they open up those presents on Christmas Day. Just to see their faces, just to see their eyes light up. It's all worth it. Because they deserve it. They earned it. And I feel the same way about our players. I'm not trying to call them little kids or anything, but their reaction reminded me of a little kid opening up presents on Christmas. And these players earned it. They deserve it. They've worked their butts off. Some of them could have transferred. They did not. They have bought into the new coaching. They made it about the power T. They are truly giving their all. And in return, here's something that you asked for, that you said you wanted. Here's us telling you thank you. We appreciate you. And we're listening to you. Danny White's listening. Josh Heupel's listening. Plowman is listening. Those, those letters on the stadium that used to be there years and years and years ago, Danny White's listening. He's listening about putting him back up there. If I see him tomorrow, he's going to be hearing me tell him again. Come on, Danny. Where we at, man? Where we at on the plans? Can we, can we, can we, make, can we make it happen? How are we going to do it? How many cranes do we need to order? Don't order the same crane we use to take down Butch Pitcher. We might not get in time. Use a different crane. Can we get the letters back? He's listening. So sometimes it just ain't about us. So good stuff from Cortival. Let me get to Justin. Justin, good morning, my man. What hey, is how up? you guys doing today? Man, wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Corrington Ball. I was uh, I was waiting uh, uh, on hold, listening to him, and uh, I, I think he nailed it. Personally, um, that was a really really good call. Um, one thing I wanted to add to it, though, I think all around, one thing we as fans have to appreciate and we're actually starting to see is an administration and a coaching staff that are listening. Mm. Yep. Okay. And, and what I mean by that, you just referenced Danny White and how he's listening to feedback from the fans. He's With listening. regards to that video that you saw, Swain, I, I don't know if you saw this. What was, how did, how did Heifel start off that video? He, he said, ever since I got here, First time meeting with you guys, 
one of the things you said was you wanted, you know, to put a like a new flair, I think, on on uh, old traditions. And he goes, I haven't delivered that yet. That tells me this is something that the players wanted, and he's delivering. Okay, it's like when he sat down with them. What was what was probably the biggest thing that came out of that from the players? They wanted accountability. I think Heupel showed he's holding players accountable. Hey, if you're not doing the job on the field in games, you know we may have to try someone else, and, and that's what he's done. I think previous staff may have continued to stick with players longer. So that accountability, he's he heard it. He's applying it. Same thing with the uniform. Hey, we want a, like a, a little bit of a new age spin on, you know, that old time traditional uniform. He's, he's giving it to him. Now, is he changing it, you know, every game moving forward? No. But it's okay to, you know, go and do something different if that's what your players want. And, and you know something? When recruits are talking to players, What's probably the number one thing they're going to, you know, get coming out of their mouth? Hey, these coaches listen. They, they actually, you know, when they tell you something, you can take it to the bank. It's a hundred percent believable. That's how you build a good culture. I'm going to hang up and listen, man. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you, Justin. Yeah. Now I don't, I don't know about black and orange shaker board. I think y'all think y'all getting a little too out of hand with that. A little too hot, too out of hand. Getting too excited about the black and orange combination. Y'all can keep that in your back pocket. Matter of fact, bury it. I do not want to see a black and orange checkerboard. That would not look good. I do not want to see it. Mm-mm, mm-mm, so, I like what we're doing. Um, I, I'm not going to like every single thing, but I do like this. I do like this. Um, I really do. I really do, man. But some of y'all getting carried, carried out of hand. How about a black and orange checkerboard in the end zone? How about we how about we checker kneeling with black and orange? No, how about we don't? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, don't need to do all that. There's a limit. There's a limit. Our checkerboard is orange and white. That ain't changing. That's not changing. 865-255-03. Wow, hour one. That is a wrap for hour number one. Brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. We'll take a quick timeout. And um, hour two is coming up next. <laughs> 